0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship this morning. It's great to be able to study God's Word together. If you would like to use a Bible this morning in worship, our ushers are going to be walking Bibles up. Just raise your hand and let them know you can borrow one during worship today. Today is our second week of our spiritual bodybuilding series. If you missed last week, I'd like to encourage you to go to our website and watch the first sermon that sets the foundation for these weeks that will follow as we talk about spiritual gifts together. Spiritual gifts are gifts that God gives his people through his Holy Spirit. And in the New Testament, the church is often referred to as the body of Christ, since now Jesus has ascended to heaven, so the people of his church are called to be his physical hands and feet on earth, that we are called to be the tools in his hand that he uses to do his work here. And in his love, he wants to use all of us to reach into every corner of the world. And the Holy Spirit's power is what's released in us to do just that. There's an old story that you might have heard about a little boy who was afraid of thunder. And when a storm broke out in the middle of the night, his mother dragged herself out of her bed and went into his room to comfort him. And when he had calmed down a little bit, she reminded him, you know, even when I'm not with you, God is always with you. And the little boy sniffled a little bit and then said, yes, I know, but I want God with skin on Sometimes to feel God's love, you just need a person to deliver it, right? And since God made us, he certainly knows that about us. He knows that we need his love and his grace, but we also need each other. And that's why he calls us both to receive his love and to give it, to be vessels of his grace For one another. And that's why, in the body of Christ on earth, his church, God has poured out the gifts of his Holy Spirit to empower each of us in special ways so we can reflect who he is and be the presence of God's love with skin on for those around us. And the gifts of the heart that we talked about last week are certainly those kind of gifts helps, hospitality, mercy. And in some ways, those gifts are kind of behind-the-scenes gifts, but they are gifts that result in people receiving and feeling the love of God in very immediate ways, in very personal, hands-on ways. And when people are using the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given them, it's often pretty obvious to us. Even now, you probably can think of some people that you think are gifted by God in the areas of helping or hospitality or mercy, or in the gifts that I'm going to be outlining today, faith, And generosity there are people who living these gifts shine so brightly it's hard not to see them who if they don't use that gift they feel like they're not being their truest selves to be specifically gifted by God in these areas points to a calling on your life to shine Jesus love in these particular ways So as we're going through the different kinds of spiritual gifts presented in Scripture, we're going to be using some groupings that were presented by Life Keys Resources. I'm going to walk through those for you. The gifts of the heart that we were talking about last week and this week are helps, hospitality, mercy, faith, and giving. The gifts of proclamation are evangelism, teaching, discernment, knowledge, prophecy, and wisdom. The gifts of action Our leadership, administration, shepherding, encouragement, and apostleship. The gifts of inspiration are healing, miracles, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And our children's minister, Britta broke these down for the kids in a more kid-friendly way to teach at Sunday school. And I like them so much, I wanted to present them for you big kids, too. So the gifts of the heart help us love others well, love others like Jesus. The gift of proclamation help us tell God's truths well. The gifts of action help us act as God directs to do what we're called to do well. The gifts of inspiration help us reveal God's power to the world. So as we go through this series, you might discover that God has gifted you in several of these areas in different ways. But today, as we're specifically looking at the gifts of the heart, I want to point out something unique about this particular category, that while it certainly contains areas in which God specifically gifts people for the sake of the world, this category also is things that throughout Scripture, all followers of Jesus are called to practice in some form because these things reflect the heart of Jesus, that Jesus calls all of us to grow in being helpful and hospitable and merciful and generous and to live by faith because all of those things reflect the heart of Jesus. They reflect Jesus' character. So while this might not be your particular area of gifting for the sake of the world, these are areas where God might be calling you to grow. And for that reason, people who have been gifted by the Holy Spirit in these areas tend to be to serve the body of Christ as coaches or mentors for spiritual bodybuilding for all of us, whether they know they're doing that or not. Some people are particularly gifted with faith by God, and their faith inspires and strengthens the faith of others in the body, because sometimes we need somebody else's faith to lean on when ours feels weak. And each one of us are called to grow in faith ourselves, but their faith helps ours to grow. And in the same way, some people are particularly gifted by the Spirit with a gift of giving, of generosity. And they inspire and encourage others in the body to live generous lives too, just as those who are merciful inspire us to grow in mercy, and those who are helpful inspire us to help, and those who are hospitable inspire us to grow in welcoming others. And I want to make sure to point that out today because as we get into the other giftings, the ones of proclamation and action and inspiration, there will be some gifts that are presented that God is not giving you. Gifts that he has not asked you to demonstrate in the body, and that's okay, because God intentionally gives us different gifts in the body. But while our function or our purpose in the body might be different, every single gift that God gives us to use must be, needs to be used in love. Just like all parts of the body, though different in purpose, need to be connected to the lifeblood of the body to be vital and alive. You see, any gift that is not used in love doesn't actually reflect the heart of Jesus. You can see 1 Corinthians 13 if you want more information about that. And while in this series there will be some gifts that we talk about that won't be your gift in the body, there also might be gifts that God uses this opportunity to show you that he wants to give you. Maybe gifts you'd never even imagined. And there might be things that you can see that other people's gifts in the body of Christ can help you in developing more of your own discipleship life. And these things that I'm presenting today, faith and generosity, are especially true in that way. So with that disclaimer, what does it look like to have the gift of faith? We have a Quest Bible. It's found on page 1423, Matthew 5. We're going to turn to a story where Jesus points out an exemplary faith example to his disciples, disciples, and it comes from a completely unexpected source. So Matthew 8, starting in verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. "Lord," he said, "my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly." So stop there for a minute. Think about what we know about this man. He is a Roman. He is a foreigner. He is a powerful man, a commander of 100 men. And he's seeking out a Jewish healer for the sake of his servant. you got to like this guy, right? He comes looking for help, but he doesn't actually ask for it. He just tells Jesus the need. And then in verse 7, Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? See, Jesus knows, and without waiting to be asked, Jesus straight up offers to give him what he needs. you got to like this guy too, right? But then in verse 8, something unexpected happens. In verse 8, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to this servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. See, this centurion didn't just believe Jesus could heal. He believed Jesus' power was God's power, a power that was not limited by human limits, like having to go to the house and do something medicinal or incantational. He was saying, I don't have to see you do it to know that you've done it. And Jesus says, look at this faith. This one is one of mine. In verse 11, Jesus says, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west, and they will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. This is a pretty controversial thing to say in a Jewish crowd about a Roman soldier Jesus is giving us a glimpse into how his kingdom is breaking in. It is by grace you are saved, by faith. Faith not in what we do, but in what Jesus has done. And then in verse 13, Jesus says to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And the servant was healed that very moment. Now I want you to notice something about the centurion's faith here. His faith was not in the outcome. His faith was in Jesus' power. He believed that Jesus is who he says he is, that if Jesus said it, it would be done. Not that if he said it, Jesus would do it. Do you hear the difference? The spiritual gift of faith is always faith in Jesus, in who he is and what he can do and will do, not in our power to manipulate a particular outcome. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What faith seeks earnestly is him. And faith pleases God because it's our trusting with hearts like a child that he is good and that he will act. And that's why I really like the description that life keeps gives for the gift of faith. It says, the gift of faith is the ability to recognize what God wants accomplished, as well as to sustain a stalwart belief that God will see it done, despite what others perceive as barriers. I like this because I think it helps us see what the spiritual gift of faith is and what it isn't. Because the truth is, I can have the deepest, most heartfelt faith that I will have a Lamborghini when I get home. But that has nothing to do with me earnestly seeking God or believing that He will fulfill His promises for the world. There is such a thing as trying to have faith in our own faith. But that's not of the Holy Spirit. That's actually a form of us seeking power or control. Spiritual gift of faith is the ability to trust God for what He has promised in a way that other people see the trustworthy God that you see even in the midst of the hardships of this world that are so much easier to see. But for that, you have to know what God has promised, as opposed to vague spirituality or bumper sticker theology. Because so many times we try to have faith in things that sound spiritual, but they're not actually God's promises. Do you know what God's promises are to you and Jesus Christ? This centurion had faith, Because he knew Jesus had already offered to heal his servant. He knew Jesus' answer. And it was in that that he placed his faith, but in a way that was even beyond Jesus' expectations of him. To be able to surprise and delight Jesus by your faith, wouldn't that be fun? But you know this gift of faith in someone when you experience it. Because seeing this kind of faith at work inspires you to want to trust Jesus more too. When you see this kind of faith in action, you start to ask, Lord, help me trust like that. What is the blockage going on in my heart that keeps me from letting that kind of beautiful trust just flow in me? Because I can see that you're worthy of it. The spiritual gift of faith inspires our faith in Jesus' faithfulness, in his goodness, and in his power. And that's why it's a gift of the heart. Because it leads us into more deeply trusting his heart. Which leads us to the next gift of the heart, the gift of giving or generosity. And for this, we move on to another story of Jesus pointing out to his disciples a heart of exceptional generosity. It's found on page 1486 of your Quest Bible in Mark 12. And again, it comes from a totally unexpected source. Someone who really didn't have anything to spare. In Mark 12, 41 through 44... "'Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put "'and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. "'Many rich people threw in large amounts, "'but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins "'worth only a few cents. "'Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, "'Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury "'than all the others.' They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. I love this scene. Sometimes it even brings tears to my eyes because I can see so clearly that Jesus sees what nobody else does, that he's moved, he's touched by this woman's heart of love and this self-sacrificial act because he knows her heart. And he knows what this has cost her, and he wants to honor her beautiful love by not letting this moment be lost on his disciples. Two pennies in a box for God's glory, and he glories in the heart that put in there. And in this story a few minutes ago, Peter and his disciples had been ooing and aahing over the magnificence of the temple around them, and Jesus basically responded by saying, yeah, whatever, that's all temporary. But then he says, look, do you see her heart? Do you see her? She's one of mine. Can you see her? And of course they can't. <laughs> Not yet. They're just starting off as Jesus' students. But this lesson of what a heart of love and trust and action looks like, Jesus needs to show them. Because this gift of the heart moves Jesus' heart. Because Jesus knows a little something about a love that costs him everything and seeing that kind of self-sacrificial love for others in this widow who herself has lost so much. It's the most beautiful thing he's seen all day. Now, you might think the gift of generosity, the gift of giving, is something you have to be rich to have. (laughs) But I have to tell you, the most generous people I have ever known seem to be people who have next to nothing but gave anyway. I'll never forget in West Africa in a church that I visited how the offering time was the most joyful time of the service that everyone danced to the front and they dropped their offering in the offering basket and they danced back in the joy of feeling that they were part of what God was doing in the world. They were part of blessing the world together. Giving is a sign of trust. It's a sign of trust in God and trust that your life is meant to be about more than just yourself. And Paul talks about that into the Corinthian church in his second letter, uh, verse, chapter 8, verse 7. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And then in chapter 9, each of you should give whatever you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You see, the gift of generosity from God is not one that's meant to bankrupt you. It's meant to bless you with the knowledge that there are deeper riches in this life. That there are things that God gives us that are meant for a purpose, and the purpose of some of those things are meant to be for us, to strengthen us, to equip us, because we matter to God. But some things are given to us so that we can share them, so that we can live into the purpose of being God's vessel of blessing to others in ways that reflect Jesus' generous self-sacrificial heart for the world. And maybe you've never considered that you have the gift of giving because all you've got is two copper coins. (laughs) But the amount really doesn't matter. This gift is about being able to hold loosely the things that other people in this world ooh and ah over because you can see they're just temporary. But the people and the purposes that bring God joy are eternal. And knowing that, your self-sacrificial giving just seems like love to you. Like Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And your treasure, like your heart, always seems to be sent out to bless. Now you can recognize this gift of giving, of generosity, when you see it in action because the joy of the giver moves your heart to ask, what is the beauty that they're seeing? (laughs) What am I missing? It makes you wonder, what is the heart blockage in me that keeps me from, holds me back from giving that freely like that? Is it fear or distrust or bitterness? Is it scarcity mentality? What is it that makes them so free? See, the spiritual gift of giving inspires people to want to see with different eyes the purpose of the life that they've been given. This spiritual gift of the heart helps people see Jesus' generous heart and his joy at this widow giving her two copper coins. So what can you do with this information today? Now it could be that the Lord is showing you today that he has given you one or both of these gifts of faith or generosity, and that part of your life's purpose is to shine them so that others can see the heart of Jesus at work through you. So if that's you, lean into it, pray about it, shine it. Are there ways that you can voice your faith to encourage the faith of others with this gift of faith that God has given you? Are there ways that your gift of giving can be used to inspire others to see what you see and what's worth investing in for eternity? Or it could be that you don't feel that either of these are your particular area of spiritual giftedness. But seeing the joy of that gift in others, you wonder, are there ways that the Lord is calling you to grow from wherever you are in your discipleship in these ways this year? And if that's you, ask the Lord, what are some small steps you might take this year to grow in the joy of these different parts of your relationship with God this year, leaning on those in our community who are gifted in faith and generosity for inspiration? Or it could be, that where you are today is a place where you can't even imagine believing that Jesus cares about you at all. Or where you feel like you've got nothing to give that anyone could possibly want, even God. And if that's you today, hear me. The truth is, all Jesus really wants is you. In one of his parables, Jesus taught that the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl that a merchant saw, and he went away and he sold everything he had so he could buy that one pearl. That's the way that Jesus sees you. You are worth giving everything for. Not because of what you have to give. (laughs) Because the truth is, you can't eat a pearl. It's not going to keep you warm in the winter. It's not going to benefit you at all, really, to have it. Its worth is not in any kind of benefit that it gives. Its worth is simply in the joy that one finds in calling it their own. That's how Jesus sees you. He loves you not for what you can do for him, but for the joy of being his. He values you. And that's why God sent Jesus, because each one of us are utterly and uniquely precious to him he loves us he values us he rejoices in us he sees your heart that no one else sees and seeing it jesus gave everything laid down his life on the cross so he could put to death everything that could ever separate you from him all sin the barrier of death thrown as far from you as the east is from the west so when jesus rose to start a new beginning seeing your heart today he can say look This one's mine. Our spiritual gifts are God's way of investing his life in ours because he first chose to give his life for us. And really, that gift of his heart, that's the only one that really matters, isn't it? Because all the rest of this, including our faith, is simply a response to that amazing love. So let's respond to that. Right now, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of your heart that you freely gave us in your Son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting us where we are, for seeing us, for knowing us, valuing us, loving us, enough to die for us and rise for us, to draw us to you. And we thank you, Lord, for the gift of your Holy Spirit, that it's not enough to save us, Lord but that you want to live with us and in us and through us. That you want our lives to be part of your eternal joy for the sake of the world that you love. So Lord, we pray as we continue through this series that you would open our hearts to see the ways that your Holy Spirit is moving us, equipping equipping us, strengthening us to live out our discipleship to you. To see how the unique purpose that you've given us is meant to be lived in this world. Well, we thank you most of all, Lord, for the gift of your heart of love for each one of us. For it's in Jesus' name and in his heart that we pray. Amen.